Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. To kind of a new way of thinking. And so over these next few weeks, I want to challenge our thought process. I want to challenge our thinking. If you would join me in this, why don't we, we dare to think just a little bit differently? Now, will we do things this year? Oh, yeah. I, I think this might be one of the most productive years of my life thus far. I'm believing for big things this year. But I, I don't want a day built on hype. Like, drum roll, please. Okay, 10 new things Vivid's doing. I, I, I just want us to be truly grateful and satisfied and pleased with who we are and where we are and who God is in relationship to us and where he's calling us and where he's leading us. I want to challenge us to a new way of thinking. The theme for today, the theme that we'll carry throughout this month, and really the, the, the rally cry, if you will, for the year that we're entering into is very simple. Here now. If you feel like taking notes, why don't you write that down? Here now. When it comes to Vision Sunday, I don't want to talk about there and then. I don't want to talk about, hey, one day we'll be there, when, it'll be then. I don't want to talk about where and when. Like, hey, where do you think we'll be and, and when do you think that's going to happen? I just want to talk about here and now. So if you'd allow me, I'm going to pray for us. We're going to look at a simple piece of scripture and allow God to begin to change the way we think about our present. Jesus, I love you. I pray that over these next few moments, as simple as it might be, that you'd change the way we think, that you'd begin to shift our perspective, and I pray that over the course of this month, we would have a refreshed point of view about not only where we are, but in turn, where you're leading us. We ask this, we invite your leadership in our life. In your name, amen. Amen. Today, I want to read to you probably the most memorized, quoted passage of Scripture. Now, if you're looking at just one verse, I guess John 3.16 would probably win. Thanks to, to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Thank you to people standing in the, the background of NFL games. Uh, thanks to maybe it's, it's pithiness and memorability. But probably the most memorized passage of Scripture and certainly the most quoted in any sort of pop culture sense or in movies would be this, this passage right here, Psalm 23. As I read it, it's going to be uh, nostalgic for some. As I read it, some are going to say, oh, I only think of that passage in the old King James. And you're going to want to add if to the end of different words to make it feel real old English. And I believe today for some, this might be the first time that you hear this and go, oh yeah, that. That, I like, I've kind of been aware of it in the zeitgeist, but now I know where it is and where it's coming from. Can I read the whole thing for us today? It says this, this is David speaking, and he writes this, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me 
in the presence of my enemies and you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The two things I want you to, to do today. One, if you already knew that passage of scripture, if you found yourself kind of verbalizing it along with me, could you just let me know in the chat? Because here's what I, I bet you happened. There was a few moments in there that you were like, I memorized it in an older English translation because it's just so nostalgic to do so. The second thing I want you to do in the chat today, and I'm in the chat, I'm talking with you, so join me in this. I want you just to make mention right now of, of something that just stood out to you. As you read that, you're like, oh, that speaks to me, or that, that has me pondering, or that has me thinking today. It's interesting. It's a, a unique kind of perspective. I want to ponder that a little more. I hope when we read scripture, we're, we're not just engaging in a transaction. Okay, God, I'm going to give you five minutes. I'm going to read as much as I can in five minutes. Then I'm going to feel like a super holy person because I, I gave you five minutes and you better be happy with it. I hope our perspective is such that we really know that the author of the book is in the room. Did you know that? The Bible's the only book like that. That every time you open its pages and every time you read it, the author is in the room. Like when you approach scripture, you can pray, God, would you speak to me through your word today? And you know, it's his word that promises that it already has everything we need for life and godliness. That, that truly, if we could just learn everything that the Bible had to teach us, we would live a great life. So I hope we can approach scripture that way, saying, God, you're here. You want to speak to us. In fact, every time I preach, that's all I'm doing. I'm saying, God, this is your word, not mine. Can you give perspective today? Help me to turn the prism a little bit today to help us to see something new or unique. And so today I want to speak just out of the very beginning portion of this, this passage of scripture under the topic here now. Here's what I know is going to happen today. Like in just a few minutes, we're going to be gathering at our new location in Vancouver. It's 252 East 1st, by the way. You still have time to get there if you live close enough. But here's what I know is going to happen. I'm going to be getting texts right now from people saying, hey, where's the new, where's the new spot? Can you give me directions? And I don't mind this because I'm just so happy people are going to be there. But you could find it on the website. You could look on our Instagram. You could find it there as well. But here's what's going to happen. People will text, hey, how do I get to the new location. And before I can give an intelligent answer of any sort, I'm gonna to need to ask the question, well, that depends, where are you right now? Right, like all direction in our life requires that we understand where we're starting from. I can't say we'll take three, three rights and one left and you're, you're there, because I don't know where you're starting from. And so often, I think we approach God saying, God, just give me direction, where are you leading me? And we haven't taken the time to really own that we're here now. Like this is our present circumstance. This is where we're starting from. And so starting from here, where are we trying to get and where are we going? Recently, I set up a, a new phone. Have you ever set up a new phone? And as you go through the whole process in the setup, you open that box and whether it's an Apple product or an Android product, you kind of get that little feel on the box. And then you open it up and, and open it and the, the logo presents on the screen. And then it generally asks this, what language do you want to communicate in? And so I, I scroll down, find English. 
And, and then it says, what country are you in? And you have all the choices of countries. I'm glad Canada's home, so I, I select Canada. And, and then it says this, would you like to enable your location? Would you like to get more specific about your location? Because without that, your map's not going to work. Without that, some of the directions that you need are not going to work. And so you have to make the decision, do I want this phone to function the way it was intended to function? In order to do so, one of the greatest things that it provides is a map and directions, but I need to actually establish this is where I'm starting from. In the same manner, when you open the scripture, it's like God is saying, hey, if you really want me to lead you, can you get honest about where you're at? Like, you, can you be real about where you, you truly are today? Because then the directions will be relevant to where you're beginning from. I think one of the greatest realizations we could ever come to is not just where God's going to take us, but where are we right now? Where are we right now in conjunction to where he's taking us? That's the theme for this year. We just want to be here now. Why? Because God's here. God's presence is here. And in his presence, there's a fullness of joy. In God's presence, there's power. In God's presence, there is provision. His presence is really what we need. I love what Moses said when he was leading the people of Israel. He said, God, unless you go ahead of me, I'm not going. Like, I have no desire to do my own thing. I just want to lead where you're following. And that really is the heart of Vivid Church. Like, if God's not leading us, I'm not into it. I don't want to just engage in busy work. I want to be about the Lord's work. I know you're with me. I know that's your heart as well. I love in this particular passage of Scripture that, that David chooses the image of a shepherd. You see, throughout many of the Psalms, the description of God is God is my fortress. He's my shield. He's my rock. He's my deliverer. Many times he's referred to as a king of kings or as the, the Lord of the universe. All of these pictures are also true. But in this particular, incredibly memorable passage of scripture, David defines the Lord as his shepherd. As the one who provided for his moment by moment needs. Now, if you know some of the history, uh, you will immediately go, wait a minute, wasn't David a shepherd? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Now, David was a shepherd and cared for his father's flocks, not because he was skilled, not because he was, uh, you know, had all the right giftings. David would have cared for the flocks because he was the youngest in his family. It's true. Shepherding at that time and in that culture was seen as kind of the, the most menial of all the tasks, the least desirable of all of the household chores. And so whoever was the youngest in the pecking order was out to watch the sheep. In fact, if you were a young boy in this context and you heard that your parents were expecting another baby, you were hoping for a little brother, not because you wanted to instill values into him or to have someone to wrestle with. You wanted a little brother so you could get rid of the sheep duty. Being a shepherd was not very desirable. And yet here we have a God, a God who, whom we say we serve, but ultimately he's continually serving us. He's continually pouring out his love on us. So much so that David, though he related to kingship, said, God's my shepherd. God's humble. God's compassionate. God's hands-on. God's intimately interacting with the ups and downs of my life. He's never left me. He's never forsaken me. God is with me. Maybe you don't have that experience yet, but I'm believing that you will. If you can own your here now, you can know that God is also here now. He's very present. 
I love what the scripture says. It says he's our very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, why should we be afraid? God's here now. God's our shepherd. I love what, what uh, Charles Spurgeon said about this passage. Let me read it to you. He says this, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. He said, in order for David to understand the impact of that, he first had to associate himself with being a sheep. He must relate to a sheep in its foolishness, in its dependency, and in its, in its warped nature and will in order to understand the emphasis that God was his shepherd. Just in case you didn't know this, sheep are not known for their great intelligence. In fact, Aristotle said this. Let me read you what he wrote about sheep. He, he made observations of the animal world and said, that animal seems cunning and that animal seems brave and that animal seems loyal and dependable. And then when he said to sheep, he said this. The sheep is said to be naturally dull and stupid. Of all the quadrupeds, it's the most foolish. It saunters away to lonely places with no object in view. Oftentimes in stormy weather, it will stray from shelter. If it's overtaken by a snowstorm, it will stand still unless the shepherd sets it into motion. It will stay behind and will perish unless the shepherd brings up the rams and it will follow them home. So, so to relate to God as our shepherd is to own the fact that on our own, we're kind of dull. On our own, uh, our way of living and thinking is a little bit warped. On our own, we, are tend, uh, we tend towards wandering. We have a propensity towards wandering off, often not even because we're curious, just because we tend to wander off. I don't know if you could speak of a season like that in your life where you said, how did I get here? Like, like what choices led me to this? Why is it that I'm so far from where I thought I would have been? And you know, the best thing you could do when that happens is to be honest about the fact, well, I am here now. The worst thing you could do is try to pretend your way into something fake. How are you doing? Oh, I'm great. Everything's going good in my life. When inside we know there's a, a lostness, a, a brokenness, and a wandering. But not David. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I think the most impacting word, and Charles Spurgeon would agree, in this entire passage of Scripture is the monosyllabic word, my. He says this. He, do, he does not say the Lord is the shepherd of the world at large, and he leads forth the multitude of people as his flock. But instead, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. If he be a shepherd to no one else, he still is a shepherd to me. He cares for me. He watches over me. He preserves me. I hope today you have that assurance in your heart. I hope today you have that understanding in your heart that, that here now is not just us owning our own propensity to wandering. Here now is a recognition that God will never leave us and he'll never forsake us. He's closer to your life now than perhaps you've ever imagined. He's here now. And if the shepherd is here, anything's possible. If the shepherd is here, we're not lost. If the shepherd is here, we're still on the move. Though Aristotle said that we were given to, to, to stupidity and dullness, the shepherd actually brings the best out of the sheep. It actually provides the best life for the sheep. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. 
I lack nothing. An older English translation said this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I remember as a child thinking, that's so weird that we're excited about God being a shepherd that we didn't even want. But, but the, the, the emphasis of the meaning being this, that because God's my shepherd, I don't lack anything. Because God's my shepherd, I have no wants. Because God is my shepherd, there's nothing outside of my grasp that if only I could have that, life would be great. The fact that the shepherd is here is a promise that there's greatness in store for me. Do you believe that? Come on, some of you might say, oh, come on, that's good. That's good preaching. But, but do you actually believe that? Because God is with you, there is greatness in your future. In fact, in Philippians, Paul puts it this way. He says, God is working in our lives to will and to act according to his good pleasure. Think about this for a moment. God is giving you the direction and the energy to will and to act according to his good, good pleasure. If we let him shepherd us, if we let him lead us, he is giving us the determination and the energy required to end at a result that is pleasurable. And not only pleasurable to us, but pleasurable to God. How crazy is that? That we can put a smile on the face of the greatest being in all the universe. A God who holds the whole world in his hands actually has a preferred future in store for your life and for my life that makes him smile. God, would you work that out in us? I'm so grateful that he's here now. I'm so grateful that you're here now. Uh, every day I wake up excited. God, I'm thankful that I'm here now. And the fact that I'm here and the promise that you're here, we're going somewhere. You're leading us to a then and there, to a when and where, because we're here now. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. There's a secret to contentment that sets you free from comparison. There is a secret to contentment that sets you free from uh, focusing and obsessing over your weaknesses. There's a secret to contentment that actually leads to anticipation and hope. As you say, like, even if I just stay right here, I'm good. So I wonder, what, wonder what's next. He says this, Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Vivid Church, because God is leading us, we lack nothing. Could we use some more resource? Of course. <laughs> Truly. Could, could we use more open doors? Absolutely. We pray for them all the time. Are we excited about reaching more people? Yeah, with every ounce of energy we have. But because the Lord is our shepherd, we don't lack anything. These are not just the small beginning days. These are the best days. The fact that God is on the move, he's here now. And because he's our shepherd, we lack nothing. And then David gives two distinctive pictures of the types of places that sheep need to go. And there are two kind of vivid images, and I want to make mention of them today because I think they act for us as uh, normal environments that we might find ourselves in. He says this, seeing himself as a sheep and God as a shepherd, he says this, he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters. Now, it makes for a beautiful kind of Bob Ross painting. And at the end of that painting, I can picture it now, a green meadow and a, and a quiet water. And then at the very end, he goes, you know, I'm going to put a happy little tree right here. If, you, if you're young, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But there's some of you. You know what I'm talking about. Bob Ross. Okay. 
That's not the picture that David's trying to paint here. In fact, he's trying to paint two necessary environments that a sheep need to be in. Necessary environments. A green pasture, a place where they can be nourished. And still water, a place that they can be replenished. Do you know God is leading us in such a way that we ought to be nourished and we need to be replenished. We need to be strengthened. We also need to be refreshed. You following me? Now he says this, uh, because of God's good leadership, I can lay down in green pastures. Now check this out. A sheep, even though it needs to graze and even though it needs to be in a good place, will find itself wandering to a bad place just because. So it's the job of the shepherd to find a good place for the sheep to be and to make sure that they stay contained there so they get everything they need out of that environment. Philip Keller did a study on, on sheep and he wrote this of sheep. I think it's, it speaks so uh, kind of boldly to what David is saying about lying down in green pastures. He says this, Sheep do not lie down easily and they will not do so unless four conditions are met. Because sheep are timid, they will not lie down if they're afraid. So, so David saying, God allows me to lie down in a safe place. He's speaking to this. God sets me free from fear. Because they are social animals, they will not lie down if there's friction among the sheep. Isn't that crazy that it's God's presence in our life, the fact that he's here now, that is teaching us how to be at peace with one another. He says this, if flies or parasites trouble them, they will not lie down. Isn't that amazing that God's presence here now actually is setting us free from some of the, the irritants and, and, and burdens and anxieties that we could live with. That's why God says, cast all your cares on me because I care for you. And then lastly, it says sheep are anxious or if they're anxious about their future, their food or, or the things that they're hungry for, they will not lie down. Isn't that amazing that God being here now sets us free from worry. It was Jesus who said in Matthew 6, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Your Father in heaven knows what you need. Just seek first his kingdom and, and, and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you as well. In other words, Jesus is saying, get ridiculously present here now. Like just be here. Be here now. Put God first. And when you do so, he's going to lead you where you need to go. So Philip Keller concludes, rest comes because the shepherd has dealt with fear, friction, flies, and famine. That's true in your life as well. God's presence, his leadership in your life is, is intended to help you and I to actually find rest in good places. Have you ever gone to a bad place to find rest? Doesn't work, does it? Have you ever looked to the wrong things to nourish you? And it leaves you malnourished? The incredible leadership of, of Jesus is such that he's picked good places for us to be nourished. And not only that, but it also says he leads beside quiet waters. This is so significant because uh, if not tended to properly, a sheep will find their way to water that they thirst for, something that they, they desire and actually have a biological need for. But because of their dullness, uh, they can get too close to fast-moving water. And what happens is that the water gets caught in their fleece. Their fleece gets weighed down and heavy. And they actually get dragged away in the current. And so the thing that they thirsted for would actually kill them. 
You ever thirsted for something and then gotten carried away? Come on, think about it. Have we ever been thirsty for something that if we're not careful, we actually get carried away? And so many people find themselves stuck in a lack of integrity or in some sort of an addiction or in a negative relationship or on or on and on the story goes because they thirsted for something that then carried them away. God's leadership in our life is such that we get to rest in the right places and we can navigate through dangerous places without getting carried away. Let me give you a picture of this. Some years ago, my wife Jennifer and I had an opportunity to go on a, a short vacation with my cousin. My cousin uh, and his wife were, were on a trip to Maui. And they said, guess what? Favor upon favor, the, the place that we have rented actually upgraded us to a two-bedroom suite. We would love for you guys to join us for a couple days in Maui. We had never been to Hawaii before. Oh, we were excited. We were looking forward to a little bit of time away, some time on the beach, uh, you know, looking forward to exploring all the things that came with Maui. I had a little restaurant picked out in a small industrial section from a guy who won America's Top Chef. I'm telling you, it was going to be a great day. And so we got on the plane. As we were getting on the plane, my phone rang. And I, I thought to myself, you know, I probably should put it into air plane mode, but I'll just quickly answer this, this call. And so I picked up the phone and on the other side was a anxious, stressful conversation that ended with someone saying, you know what, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll solve this problem when, when you get home. I was like, well, thanks a lot. You just dumped a massive problem on me that only I can solve. And then said, well, we'll, we'll figure it out later. And I'm telling you, I felt like a sheep in that moment. Yes, I'm in a green pasture, but I'm worried about other things and my mind's worrying and, and I'm not able to truly be present and enjoy. Have you ever had that? You felt like you wasted an opportunity? You know, man, I had a whole weekend off and I just wasted the opportunity to get the rest I needed. I had a whole season and I wasted that moment. I don't want us to waste a moment. I don't want us to waste a single opportunity to be refreshed. It took everything I had to just be present. I'm thankful for Jesus' leadership, that he allows us to find rest in the right places. Let me give you an example of getting carried away. Okay, this may be a little, little bit more humorous. Hey, have you ever found, found yourself going, man, I'm, I'm really tired and, uh, and I just feel like I can't get enough sleep. I remember once talking to someone, they're like, man, I'm so tired right now. I'm like, really? What's, yeah, I just can't get enough sleep these days. And before the conversation ended, they also made mention of the fact, I just don't get why Angry Birds doesn't load up more, more levels. And what was taking place is they're like, oh, super tired. I just need something to kind of relax myself. And they were playing Angry Birds. You remember that game? Playing Angry Birds, maxing out every level, and then wondering why they weren't getting sleep. It's a humorous reminder that sometimes the things that we thirst for, we actually get carried away with. I remember one time I was volunteering. I had... Uh, just Kezi and Sophie were born, a couple young kids, and, and I had a passion to be involved in our community. I was youth pastoring in a small town, and I, I made myself available to the local high school to coach basketball. And so for a few seasons, I was the basketball coach of the local high school, and, and, and doing youth ministry, we had small children, and, and life was, was full. And I found myself often late into the evenings and and late into the weekends, thinking about new strategies and plays for my basketball team. And I had a little moment where I was like, wait a minute. Like, do I care about this more than the students do? 
Did they sign up for basketball just to have fun? And here I am picturing myself as their Phil Jackson. Have you ever found yourself just carried away in something that, that you thirsted for? Well, because of God's great leadership, he allows us to find rest and to not miss those moments of refreshing and also to navigate things that could be dangerous for us so we don't get carried away. Aren't you grateful for God's leadership? David then makes this statement, and I'll close here, even though the, the poem goes on. We got weeks to unpack this, but he says this, he refreshes my soul. He refreshes my soul. Because we're here now, because God, who's our shepherd, is here now, he's bringing us into refreshing. I want us as a church to be more refreshed than we've ever been. Refreshed in our soul. This word refreshed, it doesn't just mean I finally got to stop doing things. This word refreshed doesn't mean I finally just got my own way. The word refreshed actually means to return. This comes from a Hebrew word, shuv, which means this, to return. In other words, David is saying this, my soul continually wanders. My soul is always on the move. My soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions, they always find themselves kind of trying to go their own way. But God, in his great leadership, causes my soul to return. And in returning to him, I find refreshing. Oh, may that be our experience in this season, that as we return to the heart of God, we would be filled from the inside out, finding ourselves resting in the right places and navigating things that could be dangerous for us, that might carry us away in such a way that we get all we need out of this season. God's here now, and because he's here now, refreshing is our destiny. Let me conclude with this scripture today, uh, 3 John. If you have your Bible, turn over to 3 John. If you don't have a Bible, it's a very simple passage. I'm going to read it to you. And uh, with this, we will close today. John writes this short little letter. And in, in the second verse, he says this, Dear friends, I pray that you may enjoy good health. Vivid Church, I'm praying you would enjoy good health. He says, and also, I'm praying that all may go well with you. Vivid, I'm telling you, as your pastor, I'm praying all would go well with you in this season. Whether you're here in Vancouver, in Toronto, wherever you're watching from around the world, we're believing for good health and that all will go well with you. But he says this, I'm praying for that, believing for that, even as your soul is getting along well. In the New King James translation, it says this, I'm praying that your whole life would prosper even as your soul prospers. That God would start from refreshing us on the inside and that would lead towards the, the greatest thing he has in store on the outside. This word prospers or getting along well, it, it's uh, the Greek word eudao. And it means this, to get on the right road. I'm believing that God would cause our souls to return, that would cause our hearts to return from their propensity towards wandering and to get back on the right road, a road that leads to the other areas of our life going well, and a good health in our entire life. Wouldn't that be the best? To actually be humbly submissive as a sheep, saying, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm pretty dull. I don't have this whole thing figured out. You've got a better plan. You see what I don't see. You have a perspective I don't have. And so I'm just going to learn to trust your voice. Can I pray with you today? Jesus, I thank you for our church. I thank you that we're here now. I thank you that you're here now. And I pray that uh, today and this week and in this season, we would learn what it is to be refreshed in our soul. I thank you, God, that you are my shepherd.
that you are our shepherd leading us intimately, interacting with our moment-by-moment, day-by-day decisions. I thank you that you are setting us free from fear and worry and the anxieties that would cause us to miss something special. I thank you that you're setting us free uh, from the things that might carry us away, uh, resting in green pastures, walking beside still waters. And I pray, God, that as our souls are refreshed, our whole life would be refreshed. That as we get on this right path, you would lead us towards the destination you have in store. And right now, if you're watching and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, do you know the first step to getting on the right path is very simply a step of repentance, acknowledging that, that you're imperfect without God and receiving his grace. In fact, right where you are, you could pray a prayer like this. Jesus, I trust you with my life. I repent of my sin and I receive your grace. And if you do that today, you're safe. You're saved. You're not lost. You're not wandering. You have come back to the heart of the shepherd and God is going to lead you. And where he leads, you can follow. And where you follow will be towards an incredible eternity. If that's you today and you prayed that prayer, would you let us know? We want to walk this out with you. There's incredible steps of obedience ahead. And God's got great freedom in store for you. We'd love to encourage you in that. Well, guess what? Next week, as we gather, it'll be Thanksgiving Sunday. And we do a little something we call the Vision Sunday Remix. We're going to be looking at this very same uh, portion of Scripture from a different perspective. We only got through two verses. So I think next week, we might go to three and four. It's going to be awesome. I love you guys so much. Looking forward to being in church together again next week. Have an awesome day. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church Podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.